It's showtime, folks. Son now. Ali to the left. Son on a mission to go alone. This is sensational. World class. great show for you today. First, we're going to go across Europe as the boys get back from the international break and take a look ahead at some of the matchups we got going on this week and uh, see if we like any of these games. And then uh, we're going to bring in our NBA analyst, Achilles Rain, and we're going to do our draft recap and uh, touch a little bit on some of the free agency uh, rumors and already uh, moved so far uh, this year. So let's get into Europe uh, and some soccer. Right now, first off, let's go to the Premier League and see what we got uh, going on this weekend. Uh, the slate starts up with a matchup of Newcastle and Chelsea. So this should be an interesting fixture here. Um, Newcastle's played uh, solid of late, but uh, when they get in these games uh, versus the uh, sort of big six teams, they tend to get real conservative, and uh, I just don't like that style uh, for uh teams playing Chelsea. I think there's too much firepower. I think you got to go at them and uh, test that back line. Though uh, Chelsea's back line has been pretty solid of late, and uh, the goalkeepers looked pretty solid of late. So uh, we'll see if Chelsea uh, continues uh, their pretty good play uh, after uh, coming back from the break. Um, moving on, uh, uh, the probably the big biggest matchup uh, in the Premier League uh this weekend is uh, Tottenham uh, facing Man City. So uh, Man City uh, comes back uh, off the uh, tie from uh, Liverpool, and um, we'll see if they can continue their good ways. Uh, I'm curious to see uh, what sort of lineup uh, Tottenham throws out there. A lot of guys coming back uh, from international duty. Uh, we'll see if Son uh, plays this weekend. I, I know Kane played a lot uh, for England over the break, so uh, I'm really curious to see what this uh, lineup holds and uh, see how Tottenham plays uh, if they go with their uh, big front uh, three of uh, Bale, uh, Kane, and uh, Son, but uh, and uh, Gabriel Jesus uh, made his return uh, in his last game, uh, got a goal and looked pretty good. We'll see if Man City can keep it rolling. The defense has been uh, pretty solid of late. I know Nathan Ake uh, picked up an injury, so we'll see if uh, he's out there, and we'll see if that uh, how that uh, Man City back line holds up uh, if Tottenham plays uh, their big three. Um, I don't know if I like a bet anyway on this. Uh, it's 
Man City's a 121 uh, favorite here, and uh, just uh, really curious to see how these two teams come out uh, coming out of the break. And then lastly on uh, Saturday, we have Man United at West Brom. West Brom has not played well so far this year and just hasn't looked up uh, to the standard of a Premier League team. But uh, you never know what Man United we're getting. Are we going to get a lackadaisical one who uh, sort of uh, lets West Brom hang around a little bit or we get the uh, one that uh, dominates? And uh, we'll see if they go with uh, Bruno Fernandez and Paul Pogba in their starting uh, 11 uh I'm of the mind that uh, you're probably going to have to choose one because they seem to work better when one of them's in there and they have a couple more uh, defensive midfielders. And uh, it'll just be an interesting game. West Brom hasn't had a ton of guys go on international duty, so they've had a while to prepare. Can they uh, maybe sneak one here? First Man United, the plus 875 is uh, a little interesting uh, just to see if you get that bad Man United coming out. Um on Sunday, uh, Fulham-Everton. Uh, Everton's been uh, struggling of late, so we'll see if they can break back in. Uh, the price at minus 118, even though they're going into the cottage to play, I, I think that's a pretty nice thing. Uh, Richarlson should be back and uh, see if Everton get get back on track, though. Fulham has played pretty well the last couple games, and maybe they found a little bit of form here to sort of compete in the Premier League. But uh, I look for Everton to get back on track. And if I was looking at a bet so far in the Premier League, uh, this minus 118 for Everton, I, I really like. Um, the other uh, game I'd look at here is uh, Liverpool-Leicester City. Liverpool's whole back line is gone. So I really don't know how they're going to come out defensively. And uh, Leicester is been on a pretty good run here so uh the plus 275 for Leicester versus a lineup that I don't know how Liverpool's going to come out especially with all their injuries to their back line can they defend enough uh can they score uh if they have to uh put all their efforts into trying to defend so just really an interesting matchup and uh, curious to see how these teams uh break out and uh Going on on Monday, uh, Burnley-Crystal Palace. I don't know how entertaining that game is, but one game I am curious to watch is uh, Wolves going to Southampton, and that's just uh, going to be an interesting game. Southampton right now, one of the best teams in the Premier League. Do they keep that up? Uh, can they find their form? Uh, Wolverhampton did not play well uh, right before going into the international break, but they're always a pretty solid team, and... Uh, can their uh, defense hold up versus uh, Southampton's uh, pressure? It will just be a really interesting watch. I I've enjoyed watching both teams uh, so far this year. So uh, I don't know if I'd lean one way or the other. Uh, Wolverhampton plus 130 seems like a decent value, but uh, I think there's a pretty good uh, chance that there's a tie here. Uh, so... Uh, Moving on to and Spain. we've got some really nice matchups across La Liga this week. First off, uh, on Saturday, Villarreal goes to Real Madrid. Ramos is going to be out with a hamstring injury. Really a chance for uh, Villarreal to uh, nip Real Madrid here, who hasn't looked good the last couple weeks in La Liga. So uh, 
very interesting to see how that plays out. Um, the other uh, big one on Saturday, Atletico Madrid, FC Barcelona. How does that play out? Does Atletico Madrid get the leg up? Do they continue to play well and push for the La Liga title? Uh, their bugaboo has been Barcelona for a very long time now. Barcelona has not played really all that great of football all season long. This is really the chance for Atletico Madrid to snap that uh, sort of winless streak first Barcelona. And uh, at plus 180, I don't know if there's great value there. Uh, just uh, basically off to their play versus Barcelona in years past. But uh, we'll see if they can do it. Uh, if you like Atletico Madrid, getting 180 for them at home just uh, seems like a pretty good uh take if you think they can uh, sort of break that curse first. Them. Uh, Real Sociedad uh, goes on the road to Cates. Uh Real Sociedad right now the La Liga leader. So uh, can they uh, sort of keep up their uh, play after the international break? That should be a pretty fun one to, to watch. Real Sociedad's always a really good watch. Uh, the other one uh, that uh, through La Liga that uh, seems like a pretty fun watch, Real Betis Athletic Club. Um, I don't know if they're uh, elite teams, but they're certainly fun to watch. So uh, that one has a touch of uh, entertainment value uh, to it for sure. So let's move on to the Bundesliga. I think that if there was uh, a slate of games, I probably am not going to watch this week. It's the Bundesliga. Not a lot of great matchups, so uh, sort of got to... Divide your time as much as you can, and uh, the matchups in the Bundesliga just aren't that great. Uh, Bayern Munich plays uh, Warder Bremen. Uh, that should be a walkthrough. Uh, Gladbach plays Osberg, another one that I I wouldn't hold up uh, much hope for a very entertaining game. One of them that should be in- interesting is Hoffenheim versus Stuttgart. I uh, think that could break out into a pretty good game, and... Uh, Stuttgart getting plus 175. Uh, they've played pretty solid of late. Uh, Hoffenheim's been sort of hot and cold. So uh, the plus 175 value there uh, might be pretty good. Schalke at Wis- Wolfsburg. Uh, interesting to see if uh, Schalke can put uh, anything together, uh, really, uh, after taking a little bit of a break. But uh, I, it'll be real tough uh, versus Wol- Wolfsburg. Uh Blainfield versus Byron Leverkusen, uh, another one I think will be a pretty easy walkthrough. Um, one good one on the slate, uh, Hertha Berlin versus uh, Borussia Dortmund, though uh, Hertha Berlin has not played well this year, but uh, that's always a pretty fun matchup, but uh, I look for Dortmund to roll. Uh, Sunday, the, the one matchup I would look at that uh, probably worth viewing in the Bundesliga, Union Berlin, who's played really good football the last uh, couple weeks. Uh, can they come off the international break and uh, see if they can deal with a team that's a pretty solid team in Cologne? So uh, that would be the one game I'd watch. I don't know if I could uh, really have a bet one way or the other. Uh, if I would, I'd probably take Cologne at home, but uh, the way Union Berlin is, uh, I don't think there's a lot of value in that one. So moving on to Syria. So uh, much like uh, the Bundesliga, there are a lot of sort of lopsided matchups this week. Uh, Spiza plays at Atlanta. If Atlanta 
doesn't uh, find a way to get back on track in this one. There's really some problems uh, probably going on there. So uh, we'll see uh, after the break if uh, Atlanta can bounce back after uh, sort of struggling a little bit going into the international break. Juventus and Calgary, I think that'll be a pretty much a pretty good walkover. Inter Milan versus Torino, once again, uh, not a great probably a matchup that should be a, a pretty easy walkthrough for Inter Milan. AC Roma and Parma. Uh, Roma should uh, dominate this game, but uh, I look for a pretty entertaining game here. So if I was going to watch a Syria game, I, I think Roma and Parma would be one to choose. And the, uh, you know, sort of the mainstay uh, for the, the main event, let's say, for the Syria this uh, weekend is uh, Napoli versus AC Milan. AC Milan probably played their worst game of the season a couple weeks ago, right before the international break. Napoli has uh, played pretty solid uh, football uh, of late, so uh, really uh, looking towards this one. Uh, plus 222 for uh, AC Milan. Uh, if they can get back on track, I think they're a better team than Napoli, even though they're going to uh, Napoli to play this, uh, but uh, AC Milan plus 22. Uh, Really a uh, pretty decent value there if you think AC Milan will back, but bounce back after uh, some uh, a couple, uh, I'd say, uh, less than stellar games right before the break. Okay, so that wraps up the uh, sort of preview of the soccer weekend. We'll be back on Monday to sort of wrap it up and uh, see how these games play out and uh, how these teams uh, bounce uh, back after a a whole lot of soccer being played, especially guys who had to go on international duty. And let's cut to our man Achilles Reign and our NBA draft uh, recap. All right, we're going to go to our NFL and NBA analyst, Achilles Reign, to join us and break down the NBA draft that just happened. Uh, a pretty, I'd say, non-exciting draft. Uh, the picks went sort of in order, uh, Nothing too stunning went down, uh, but uh, there were some uh, picks I questioned. Uh, what do you think of the draft overall? Yeah, I mean, overall, it was uh, pretty uneventful, um, as most NBA drafts are. You know, other than last minute, we kind of had a few uh, professionals, and I say that uh, loosely, uh, kind of predict certain guys going first, but obviously, you know, things didn't go that way. But overall, pretty uneventful. Yeah. All right. So you want to just break down this team by team? You ready to go? I'm ready to go however you want to do it. All right. We'll start out in alphabetical order with your team, the Atlanta Hawks. Southern Pride. Uh, they took your guy on a Yaku, on a Wongu, and uh, Skylar Mays in the second round. On uh, a went uh, first uh, with the sixth pick. Um, I didn't. Love that pick that early, uh, but, uh, you know, he serves a sort of energy defensive need for them. I could see that, but uh, just seemed uh, like there were a handful of better players available uh, at that pick. Uh, what would you make of that pick? Yeah, I, I'm, I, I agree with you. Uh, even though I like the guy, I still think that at six, there were other prospects at that same position that probably would have been a better fit, even though he does fit in the, in that scheme. Uh, I think that he does bring um, a, defense, a defensive presence, you know, with his big body. And uh, he could help him, but still a little confusing. I thought it was just a tad bit of a reach. Yeah, so did I. Um, 
But, uh, I mean, they get a athletic defensive body, and uh, the Hawks could essentially use any defensive body they could use for uh, that team. So uh, I guess that feels a need, but uh, pretty raw talent, and uh, I don't know how much he fits offensively with them. Yeah, I think with him, it's more they got him more for the uh, defensive side of the ball, although they could have gotten, you know, uh, like a two-way center uh, that could have helped him defensively and provided a little more offense than, than he can. But overall, I, I still think he's a solid player, and he can probably develop into a, a big-time defender. Yeah. Uh, Skyler Mays, uh, shooting guard at LSU, uh, probably will be in the D-League pretty much the rest of his life. Uh, decent score, but uh, nothing to write home about. Uh, but it was a round two pick, so uh, in the late, late part of round two. Uh, you know anything about him, or as I just show you D-League stats of him, as the year goes on, you'll learn more about him. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly what's <laughs> going to happen. Is, uh, I didn't go this deep into the draft. I pretty much kind of stayed around the first round. So uh, when his name came up, I was like, huh, okay. I'm assuming uh, Champ will bring him up later on in the podcast, and I'll learn a little more about him. But. I don't think you have to worry too much uh, uh, about him. But uh, we will move on to the Boston Celtics. Now, this I didn't like. Uh, where the Hawks, I could see the need. But uh, Naismith at 14, I, I, one, didn't think he was the best shooter in the draft. Uh, I thought Bain or, uh, was a better pick here. But uh, I guess they think he could sort of fill the role uh to come off the bench, score some points. Uh, he's not a great ball handler, but uh, I know you sort of liked him uh, in our preview a little bit more than I did. Um, what do you think of him overall here? Yeah, I do like him a little bit more than you do, um, but I, I still think that there were other players that they could have targeted at that a pick, uh, but I'm not sure how much of a fit he's going to be there. Uh, but overall, I think he's a solid enough player that he'll help them out in the long run. Uh, the question is, how quickly can he get to that point? Well, yeah, I, there's certainly some growth there. I just, uh, if you were looking, I don't know if he's, like, ready, ready to sort of play right away now. Um, but uh, it was what it was. And then uh, I also thought they reached, though I like him, for Peyton Pritchard in the uh, first round at um, 26. Uh, I like Peyton Pritchard. We we discussed him on our third part about sleepers, but uh, I thought that was more taking him in the middle of the second round type, like not uh, in the first round where there's some, I'd say some higher upside guys uh, more than anything, but um, he feels a need, I guess. Uh, I'm sure you could plug him in and play him and he could at least give you some adequate minutes right away, but uh, thought it was a bit of a reach at 26. Yeah. I I don't know too much about Pritchard myself um, because like I said, I, I had him as a second rounder. And I didn't dive too deep into the second round picks. Uh, I was focusing more on the first round picks. And yeah, a I, I, little bit of a reach, but I mean, maybe they saw something that we didn't see, or maybe they saw a little bit more than what you saw since you kind of like the guy. Um, I, I think only time will tell, but a little bit of a reach in my opinion. Yeah. All right. Uh, Yam Nader, uh, he's a stash overseas uh, foreign guy who has a little bit of upside. Uh, Probably in three or four years, he would have been a first-round pick. Uh, I don't think you need to know anything about him uh, just yet. So uh, we'll move on past the Yam Nader uh, 
Probably the only thing you should know is he's uh, about a six foot point guard who weighs about 150 pounds right now. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to bulk up a little bit. <laughs> yes, but he's only like uh, 18 years old. So uh, we'll move on to Brooklyn. They took Reggie Perry. That just uh, seems like a Jared Allen replacement in the possible Russell Westbrook trade. Uh, sort of a ho-hum, uh, nothing to see here type uh, pick there. Yeah, I think that they were looking more to just kind of uh, fill uh, some some roster spots more than anything. Um, they are obviously pursuing a much bigger fish right now, and that's probably their main focus. All right. We'll probably go to the first team in the draft that uh, of consequence here and uh, whether, you know, polarizing pick. I know you had a little bit more love for him but, than I did, but the – Charlotte Hornets uh, went LaMelo Ball, number three. So uh, I did not like uh, this spot to take him here. Uh, this is a weird roster filled with already uh, four or five guards on it. So you're throwing <laughs> him in to a team that already has a bunch of guys who like to shoot and jack up threes. Now, you know, they say playmaking. He's a great playmaker, but uh, – I've watched a lot of his videos. He he likes to jack up the shot, and uh, I think it'll sell jerseys. It probably will sell some uh, TV uh, eyeballs as well early on until, you know, they win, you know, 20 games and no one cares about them in February. But uh, what do you make of the pick here? Do you think it's a good spot? Do you think LaMelo can uh, grow and mature into a, let's say, NBA all-star uh, I mean- here? offensively, he could definitely be an all-star. The question is defensively. Um, I did like him a little bit more than you did, but as far as my ratings for him, uh, they were more based off of, you know, kind of the consensus feel around the NBA and what people thought GMs would do. Um, A lot of people like ball. I had him rated off, like I said, what I thought that uh, teams were thinking. Um, But personally, I don't like it. Uh, This is one of my dislikes. I think that uh, taking a guy who doesn't play D in the top three is a very, very far reach. Um, Not to mention uh, all the potential drama that he brings to the table. Um, Even as much offensive potential as he brings, I think that it's too much risk for me. Not to mention the fact, like you said, that they already have uh, a few guards on that team that uh, I don't really know how the minutes are going to be dispersed. Is there an over-under of number of games before we hear Terry Rozier does not like the ball? (laughs) I don't know. I think I'm going to put it at, let's just say, 10. (laughs) All right. Uh, The second round, uh, they took Vernon Carey Jr. Uh, Probably in 1990, he would probably be a top six pick, but he's sort of just a big, slow, you know, center who, you know, has a decent low post game. I don't know how much of a fit he is right now in the NBA, but uh, he, he's he got a little bit of a body, but uh, I don't know if we'll really ever see him. Uh, Nick Richards, uh, athletic, big. We might see him, you know, dip to the pick and uh, drop uh, sort of center, but uh, I don't know much if we'll see much of him. And uh, actually the one I thought was probably their Best one was Grant Ryler, a uh, point guard out of Charleston. Really good energy uh, score out of uh, CFC. So uh, he is in not a great spot considering <laughs> he adds to the <laughs> small guard list of uh, scoring guards. But uh, 
I think he could probably uh, give him a couple of years, make his way uh, and find a sort of bench spot as a guard in this league. But uh, I don't know if it's going to be at Charlotte. So overall, I just, um, I didn't like the Charlotte draft that much. Uh, yeah, me either. And that's one of the reasons why I have it as one of my uh, dislikes for this, uh, this draft so far is that I just think that they didn't really uh, fill any needs. I think that they kind of went after guys that, might sell a few tickets. I mean, all their other picks are somewhat understandable. You know, I'll give them a pass on all the others, but that Lamella ball, um, that's a real head scratcher for me. Yeah, uh, that seemed like a jersey and ticket sales, but uh, those will die down uh, very quickly if they don't win. I don't think anybody's clamoring to go watch Lonzo Ball play right now, and we all loved him uh, five years ago. So, uh, you know... <laughs> You can sell tickets until everybody finds out you aren't any good at playing basketball and then they <laughs> don't quite love watching you uh, as much. Uh, so probably the, uh, I'd say the biggest reach of the draft, but uh, I don't know if it's a bad reach. It just was really early. Uh, we talked about him. Uh, I think we both liked him and see a lot of upside in him. But uh, at four, yeah. I, I, was, oh, gosh. I was very stunned. But, uh, I mean, it fits a Bulls need. Uh, Patrick Williams went in a four number four uh, for the Chicago Bulls. Thought it was a reach. But, uh, I mean, if he turns out to be what you think he could be, I guess it's, you know, in this type of draft where there's a lot of unknowns, I guess you sort of go for the guy you like best. But uh, what'd you make of it? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a reach. I don't think it's a, like a, a overreach. Um, I had him going kind of mid-round, you know, kind of like 11th to 15th maybe. Um, I thought that there were other uh, forwards that they could have probably taken at that spot that were probably a little more polished and more, a little bit more ready than he was. I, I like him, and I think he's got potential, but I just don't think that he was a top-five pick. Yeah, uh, that's... I was shocked they went if they wanted a wing like that. Uh, his teammate Devin Vassell, who we'll get to with San Antonio, uh, was sitting right there. Uh, we'll get to him next. Uh, Isaac Orko was right there. Uh, Denny Avi, Avj, Avdij, yeah, from <laughs> yes, the yeah. Israeli. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, I, I even liked him a little bit more at this spot than I did him. I, I, it was a little confusing to me. I don't know. Maybe I missed something when I was watching tape, but. A, a little bit of a reach. It oh. just seems uh, weird. You take a guy who was, he wasn't a starter for Florida State. Now, Florida State is, was a very good team last year. They went 10 deep, and, you know, that's sort of how they play. It's not necessarily, like, a huge deal. But it uh, does make you raise your eyebrow as to how this guy could not start in his college team, but then, you know, is essentially taken number four overall in a draft full of guys who I think, can play right now in the NBA. Yeah, if you're drafted top five, even top 10, you're basically saying this guy is an NBA starter. And I don't think he is right now, but, you know, I, I was a little bit more impressed with their second pick, to be honest with you. Yes, uh, this guy is actually a really solid uh, player. I don't know if he'll come over right away in uh, Marco Simovanich, but uh, I've watched him play a little bit, and uh, I think he will uh, eventually be over here and be a pretty solid big for them. But uh, we'll move on to actually the Cleveland Clavaliers who 
I probably feel the worst for this guy being drafted. I, I like the pick. I like the player. I think he's going to be a player in this league. But uh, this situation on uh, this mismatch of teams, uh, really, uh, I don't think I could think of a worse spot for him to go to. Um, Isaac Orko went number five to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, they've taken Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, two point guards, the last two. I don't even I don't even know if I should call them point guards. Two, you know, swing guards who can handle the ball. And essentially that's sort of what Isaac Orko is. A bigger version of it, but uh I I like the player. This spot just seemed like a really bad situation to walk into. Yeah, I I also like the player. I think we had him um in our top ten, top fifteen. Um I just don't know how he fits with the Cavaliers, but you know, the Cavaliers, they, they tend to be a little bit of a, of a conundrum when it comes to draft and the way they do things. I don't think that they see value the same way that most people do. He's a good player. He's a solid player. And I think his, uh, his future is bright, but I don't like him for the Cavaliers at this position. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I could think of is maybe, they try to shop one of those guys in Garland or Sexton, but uh, I really don't know how you play Garland, Sexton, and Orko. None of the three who I'd call good to okay shooters altogether, and then you throw Drummond in that mix who can't stretch out past about eight feet. Essentially, Kevin Love is the only one who can shoot on that team, and it's just a weird, weird mix. So, uh, Yeah, and I think the question then becomes... You know, even if you do get rid of one of those guys, you know, what are you getting in return? And is the value equal to something else that you could have had by drafting someone else at that, you know, at that spot? Yeah, and, that's a that's a great point there because, you know, I think the value on Sexton and Garland is always already, you know, diminished from where you, you know, you slotted their first round draft grades. So just a weird uh we might never see Cleveland good again. <laughs> yeah, it's sad, but I just hate I just hate it for him. But yes, I know. I'm good like, luck. I heard that pick, and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he's going to be lost in existence, and maybe in ten years he'll be able to get out of the situation, and he'll be on a Lakers or Celtics, and we'll be like, this guy's a really good role player. I'll take it. Trust, yeah. As a Laker fan, I'll take it. <laughs> All right, so what? Uh, I think we're to the one of the teams that I thought uh, probably had the best draft uh, overall, uh, the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, love the Josh Green, love the Tyrell Terry. Uh, actually like the Tyler Bay pick as well. And then the, they made a move to get Josh Richardson. So uh, they really filled out this roster with guys who complement uh, Luka Doncic really well. And uh, it looks like the uh, Mavericks are making a move to try to be a real threat in the West here. Uh, I just love their draft. What did you make of it? Yeah, I, I really like their draft. Uh, the whole Seth Curry situation thing, it was a little a little bit of a bummer, but uh, I understand it, especially the way the draft went. Um, but I feel like they added a solid shooter. Um, and they also, you know, they, they got guys that are going to contribute uh, right away. And Bay, I think that, you know, he's got the uh, possibility to develop into a really solid player. Um, I think that overall they had a really solid draft. Yeah. Uh, I think the only question for them is if Porzingis can get healthy because uh, they become a threat uh, with 
without Porzingis and just Doncic in this team. But uh, a healthy Porzingis uh, with this roster uh, really puts them uh, sort of in uh, championship contention in the next couple of years. Yeah, and having him there to stretch out the uh, the field, I think that it it only helps you know these uh, young rookies develop even further. All right, uh, I think we both love the Dallas draft. We'll get to the Denver Nuggets draft. Um, I didn't love the Zeke Naji pick uh, from Arizona. Uh, he's an energy guy. Um, I, you know, I guess he could develop into something. Uh, but the, I thought the intriguing one is R.J. Hampton. Now, uh, he's, you know, we talked about it. Uh, he needed to be in a good situation. I think this is a pretty good situation here in Denver. Uh, it, it'll give him some time to you know, work, develop his skills. He won't have to play, you know, right away and, uh, you know, carry a lot of load. But, uh, you know, both guys need a lot of work. But uh, I guess for somebody like Denver, that's not really that big a deal because you know you're going to be a top three team in the West right now. What do you make of their draft? Yeah, I actually kind of like their draft. Um, You know, that Zeke pick I I was a little bit confused about, but overall I think it's a solid pick. Um, the one that I really liked for them was Hampton. I think that he can develop into uh, a powerhouse offensive weapon um, if he can stay healthy. I know that he's got very limited experience when it comes to his play internationally, uh, but, you know, he, he's a guy that's got potential. Um, I think that, you know, if you go back and look at some of his high school film, uh, which unfortunately I had to do, um, <laughs> and, you know, just so you know, it's it's – for someone in my position who doesn't really have you know, all the insider tools, it's a little bit tough, like finding some really good footage, but uh, I think that he's, you he's can find some... him dunking on five, five white kids. As they're guarding him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but even then, you know, you see some upside and I really like that pick. I think, like I said, if he could stay healthy, I think that uh, he's going to help him out. Um, the Zeke pick, you know, he's a seven footer man that can, uh, he can space the floor and um, he can, he can help them as long as he keeps working on his, uh, on his outside shot. Yeah. Uh, I could see it develop. I just, uh, I thought there were a couple uh win now guys where you could plug them in right now. Whereas Zeke, I, I'm not sure you could really, I mean, you could probably plug him into some NBA games, but uh, like once we get to the playoffs, uh, he's not getting off the bench. So you know, I just thought that if you were going to take Hampton and develop him, you'd take a sort of more uh, intermediary sort of guy who could come off the bench and uh, be a little bit more productive than I think Zeke can uh, right this moment. Yeah, I just think that they're probably looking more towards staying contenders for the long term. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, all right, we'll move to my super winners of the draft, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but... Uh, I thought the Detroit Pistons had a damn nice draft and uh, uh, did what they probably should have. They were a roster barren with talent, and what did they do? They added a lot of sort of pretty good, talented guys to fill out that roster. I don't know if they'll be contending for a playoff spot this year, but I think they won't be, you know, the dregs of the East. They'll be a sort of okay bad team in the East uh, this year. Loved the Killian Hayes pick, dropping to him at seven. Uh, I think we both sort of liked Isaiah Stewart as a, you know, athletic uh, big who could, you know, maybe uh, do some things. I don't know if he could do it right away. He probably needs a little growth, but I think there's potential there. 
I think we both like Sadiq Bey, too, from Villanova, and I was shocked he dropped all the way to 19. That's a really nice uh, pickup there. And uh, even Saban Lee, uh, I think, can sort of be like a Ish Smith type of backup point guard for them in the future. So a uh, really good haul for the Pistons, and uh, loved the Killian Hayes pick, especially getting him that late. Yeah, I agree with you. I I really uh, like their draft on a few levels, but mostly because they needed talent, and that's exactly what they did. They went out and they just acquired as much talent as they could. Now, you know, they didn't get the type of talent that's going to make them contenders right away, but, you know, they're not far away, uh, especially in the near future, as long as these guys can uh, develop. But my only concern is that they're very young now, and, um, you know, it's going to see – we're going to have to see if uh, the coaching staff can kind of, uh, you know, keep everyone in check. And if they can, I think that the uh, the future is probably, you know, somewhat bright for them. But, yeah, I really like their draft overall. They filled a lot of needs. Yes, definitely. All right. Uh, I think we both liked the uh, Pistons draft. We'll move on to the Warriors draft, but uh, we probably should touch on the uh, Clay Thompson news <sighs> coming out Ouch. of here. Uh, that's a blown Achilles, and um, that hurts. That hurts bad because uh, I think that probably takes them out of – really true championship contender, uh, you know, territory. And um, I honestly don't know if Clay will ever come back normal. I mean, you blow out your ACL, miss a year, then you blow out your Achilles, and you're going to miss another year. You're two years out. You have a bad Achilles and a bad knee now, and uh, you're on a very large contract. So a tough break for uh, the Warriors there. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. Uh, Injury, I think, I don't want to say it derails their championship hopes because they're still a very, you know, uh, well-balanced team and they've still got Curry and they still got a lot of weapons. Uh, They still got green. But I really like their pick, and I think it's because of how much I like the player himself. Um, I think that that Wiseman pick was huge, man. I I think that he was probably the most NBA-ready uh, probably the most solid guy they could have gotten. Um, like I said, if that injury to Thompson wouldn't have happened, I think they probably would have been my favorite to uh, win the championship this season. Um, they, they're still contenders, but I think the injury knocks them down a few spots. Yeah, I, I still put them in contender. You still have uh, Steph Curry. Um, you know, Wiggins was a top talent at one point in time. If they can get, you know, anything from him, they, uh, Draymond's Draymond. I don't know if he's, you know, quite as good now that, you know, you don't have Steph and Clay to work off of, but, uh, and it probably just, uh, I love the James Wiseman pick, but, uh, I loved it even better when, you know, they had him and Clay and James could just be a, you know, rim runner. Uh, now he's probably got to develop a little bit better to make this team a true championship contender, but, uh, love the pick overall. Yeah. Develop and a little bit, develop a little bit faster also, because, uh, they're a win now team. Uh, that's the way they're built. So he probably has to kind of really put his gears in motion. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, quickly we'll move on to the Houston Rockets. They took Kenyon Martin jr. Uh, he was sort of a guy no one thought would actually be drafted. Um, he's just to uh, save money. I doubt he'll even be on the roster next year. So uh, we don't really have to grade the Rockets draft. Uh, we might be grading their free agency in a couple days, though. 
Man, that that whole Rockets thing, man, it's it, oof. I, I mean, I know that they didn't really technically have a draft because they they only got one guy, and like you said, it was more to save money than anything. But you know, we know exactly what's going on here. Uh, the beard one's out, and that team. It seems like it's almost in self implosion mode, where they're just going to have to completely start rebuilding. And you can tell by the moves that they were making during the draft and before the draft. Um, they did have that one uh, pick that they traded for, which is really, really weird. I don't know if you read the details on that trade. Yeah, it was to dump uh, salary so they don't hit the tax. Yeah, uh, you know, that that uh, conditional pick that they received, like I was reading, uh, according to the uh, Detroit Free Press, it's a first-round pick that's protected between first and 16th pick from 2021 to 2024. Yeah. It becomes a pick that's protected for first to 10th from 2025 to 2026. It then becomes a pick that's protected from first to ninth in 2027. And if it goes further than that, it would then just be converted into a second round pick. Uh, <laughs> I think Detroit uh, did a really good job with this trade. Cause it's, it's a really, really conditional pick. That's, that's what you, think about when you think about a conditional pick. Yes, definitely. Uh, I'll tell you what, if we're still on this podcast in 2027, you can, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can come and discuss uh, your thoughts on the, the trade that uh, sent Trevor Ariza and uh, Kenyon Martin Jr. Uh, and uh, how you, how it worked out for them. Listen, if we're still on the po- in this podcast in 2027, I'm probably going to be an executive somewhere up high and I'll be telling my minions what to talk about. So, all right, uh, we'll move on. Uh, another sort of, uh, no, nothing, uh, Cassius Stanley, great, uh, college player, but, uh, I don't know if he's gonna, you know, last and, um, Indiana Pacers. Uh, so, uh, we'll move off them unless you uh, had a big Cassius Stanley, uh, thought. <laughs> no, it just, uh, just, uh, you know, I think they did. Okay. Yeah, uh, all right, we'll move to the Clippers. Uh, Daniel Aturu uh, was sort of a first-round grade. Uh, I think he could sort of be a center, uh, sort of like they have in uh, Zubats right now. But um, other than that, uh, you know, not much uh, going on there. Uh, so uh, they also took a junior college uh, guy uh, who I guess is will not be on the roster uh, come the start of the season. So, uh Anything on the Clippers draft or move on? Uh, you know, the Clippers draft confused me a little bit. I thought I thought they had an okay draft, you know, and as I was uh, kind of diving. To get that late, uh, I thought was a pretty nice little pickup. Yeah, that, that definitely was. Uh, but for some weird reason, everyone online, as far as I'm reading, had them as, you know, one of the, like, winners of the draft. And I didn't see it. I think that they had uh, an okay draft. They they you know, I wouldn't call it a steal, but they got a good pick in, uh, in Otoro. But overall, I don't think that they really had like uh, one of those top 10 drafts. I think they did okay. Yeah, I don't grade uh, them a winner or loser. They probably got a productive guy who will be in the NBA for 10 years. Uh, he probably, by the time he gets real useful, he probably won't even be on the Clippers. So I, I don't know how good a draft grade you can give someone who probably production value won't even be for the team that drafted him. But uh, all right, 
We'll move on to the Lakers. They didn't draft anyone. They traded their pick. Uh, they did get Dennis Schroeder. Uh, I thought that was a nice pickup. Uh, you want to touch on that as their uh, 28th first-round pick, uh, Dennis Schroeder? <laughs> yeah, I mean, although they technically didn't draft, uh, the defending champs were able to trade away their first-round pick, uh, 28th overall, a uh, 2021 second-round pick, and uh, Danny Green, um, the aging defender, who helped us out hugely in the bubble. Um they and they get Dennis Schroeder, uh, a potential six man of the year. Uh, I think I think he's got the uh, potential to be a six man of the year type of candidate. Um, and they got a little bit of money, so I think overall it's a win. Yeah, I thought that was a nice pickup there. That uh, sort of gives them at least a a little youth in there, which they need. Yes. Uh, all right, uh, we'll move on to the Miss Memphis Grizzlies, who uh, are sort of being. Uh, Slowly into one of the best-run organizations in the NBA. Uh, getting Desmond Bain at 30, I thought was really nice. You get your shooter, uh, compliments Morant uh, real well. And uh, then uh, Xavier Tillman, who uh, I wouldn't call a superstar in this league, but uh, will be an off-the-bench type of you know forward who gives you a little energy, uh, a good body to have. So uh, I liked the Memphis draft uh, this year. Yeah, uh, I... I mean, basically exactly everything you touched on. I, I don't think that, you know, they had a, a great draft. I think they had a good draft. Um, I think they filled some needs, and I think that um, it's going to help them overall as long as, you know, the uh, the uh, running theme during this draft is as long as these guys can develop. Yeah. Um, you know, where they were drafting, they weren't going to get a superstar, but I think they got two uh productive players who will produce uh, meaningful minutes for them. And when you're picking at 30 and 35, that's sort of all you want. Yeah, basically. All right. We'll move on to probably uh, someone who I know won this draft. Uh, somehow Precious Achunwa, of course, fell to, I don't know, it must have been destiny to fall to the heat because I can't think of any player in this draft that was more of a heat type player. Uh, so uh, I... Fits perfectly in the system. Energy guy. I think the Heat will develop in, into a real productive player. Uh, Shakti went all the way down to 20, but uh, it fits perfectly with the Heat and the Heat culture. So uh, I think they got another good one here. Yeah, um, they're with you. I I'm, I was a little shocked that he fell that deep. Uh, I think we both had him, um, you know, as a top talent, uh, maybe not, you know, top five or anything, but we definitely had him up there. And the fact that he went all the way down to, what was it, 20th? Um, yes. You know, I think that he's definitely a good pickup for for the Heat. Uh, he's going to help them long-term. Uh, he's a solid player, and uh, he's probably uh, somewhat ready to start now. Uh, he does have a few things that he's got to develop on, but overall, solid pick. Yeah, definitely a great pick by the Heat. And uh, the rich seem to get richer when uh, stuff like that falls to them. And uh Probably in five years, we'll all be like, why did he fall to 20? And it's <laughs> half these teams are stupid and take players who aren't fits for their team. At the same but, time, when we start asking who LaMelo Ball is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks uh, had two second-round picks. Uh, Jordan Nora, a solid shooter, might be able to get some uh, minutes. And uh, Sam Morrell, uh, he was a pretty decent player at Utah State. But uh, unless... Uh, you know, they're 
they need bodies because they traded a bunch to get Drew Holiday. I don't know if the Bogdanovich thing's going to work out now, but uh, I'm assuming they're going to try to bring in uh, some other guy some other way. So uh, I think Jordan might make the roster. I, I don't know about Sam, but uh, sort of a no-nothing draft. Uh, get a couple shooter scorer type guys. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I wasn't a huge fan of their draft. Um, I think that uh, Jordan, he's a solid shooter and he helps him. Uh, He's got a good potential to be a a really good shooter. Um, His shooting ability is probably what drew them the most. Uh, My question marks came with uh, with Sam Merrill. I'm not sure, like you said, if he's going to end up on the roster long term, but um, he just, and listen, and I hate being the guy to say this, (laughs) you probably know why, but he just doesn't have the physical uh, traits that I look for in an NBA player. Yeah. No, uh, he probably will have a nice, decent career in Europe. Uh, so uh, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think the biggest story with them was probably this whole uh, uh, Bogdanovich trade. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on this. Well, I'm curious how no one thought the league would wonder why the hell a sign and trade is going on a week before free agency and you're allowed to negotiate. But uh, somebody leaked it. I don't know who, and uh, they're in trouble. I don't know if the legal sort of, you know, don't do this until a week later type thing and pass it through. But uh, with them releasing Ilyasova, uh, that sort of screws up the money of the trade. But uh, maybe they can work it out. But uh, this definitely hurts the Bucks because I was real excited when they had Holiday and Bogdanovich and uh, Giannis and were able to keep Lopez and uh, Middleton. But... Uh, Without Bogdanovich, this looks like a bit of a weird team, especially with all they gave up to get Drew Holiday. Once again, they gave up a unprotected 2027 first-round pick. Um, if we're around that long, that one might come back to haunt because I like Giannis and Chris Middleton, but 2027 uh, is pretty far away. I'm not sure you uh, can count on them to be carrying your team in 2027. Now, I'm not too familiar with his contract situation, uh, but – did he have a, a, like a player uh, clause he on there? A, he's an unrestricted free agent, which means uh, they were going to, you know, sign him and then trade him. But uh, when you're an unrestricted free agent, technically you can go you into have free. To agree. Uh, you can go into free agency, and every other team can offer you a deal, and then uh, the Kings have a chance to match that. So uh, you can't really trade someone while they're an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, and if apparently nobody he, else has been allowed to offer him a contract that you're not willing to match. So, uh, and apparently he wasn't even aware of this trade because he hadn't even agreed upon it or anything. Well, that's what the rumor is coming out. I find that difficult to believe that uh, two teams randomly did not maybe make a phone call to someone's agent, but uh, I don't know. It's the NBA, crazy stuff happens, and uh, we'll see how this plays out over the next week, but uh. That sort of hurts the Bucks, especially with all they gave up for Drew Holiday. All right, we'll move on to the number one pick in the draft, uh, Anthony Edwards, Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, I don't hate the pick. Uh, I think Anthony Edwards has a chance to be a good player. Um, I don't really know what sort of option Minnesota have. I didn't like him taking ball, and uh, apparently there were some rumors coming out of there that uh, – 
D'Angelo Russell didn't like his brother too much and probably didn't like him too much and uh, wanted no part of him being on the team. So uh, I guess Edwards probably was your best option there. Um, I don't know if I grade it as a bad pick. Uh, I just, I don't know what to make of Minnesota. Uh, Probably just a career lottery team, I think, uh, with some uh, shiny pieces. Yeah, uh, I think they. I think that the Edwards pick was a uh, probably a safer pick. You know, we did hear like a couple, like a week or so before the draft that there was potential that Ball would go number one. So I guess that's a win. The fact that you didn't take Ball number one, that's well, that's a win. I think that was probably more a smoke show to see if anybody would give them anything for that pick, and uh, I don't think anybody was willing to give them anything for that pick. Yeah, but I think that the biggest uh, upside to their draft was probably uh, flipping that 17th pick uh, into into getting uh, Ricky Rubio back, and uh, those uh, those two picks that they got, uh, I think that's probably the most value that they got so far. Edwards, yeah. he's a solid he's a solid prospect, man. You know, I'm not gonna take anything away from him. I had him uh, top five, so. You know, I'm not going to say that they reached for him or anything. I think he's a solid pick. You know, I, I probably would have seen a few other guys that would have fit better, but overall they did pretty good. Yeah, uh, I don't know they had much option. And, uh, I mean, if he works out and turns into the superstar, uh, I think, you know, this could be a good team. I just uh, I don't know about that culture or that team. Now, I, I did want to say that I, I like the Rick, Ricky Rubio move as well. So uh, maybe that'll work out uh, pretty decent for them. Um, but uh, I just, I don't know. Do you see this team uh, contending for a playoff spot? I mean, in the got, West, I, I think if they were in the East, we yeah, like the- exactly. You know, the, the West is stacked, man. And, you know, it seems like a lot of players are starting to move East. It's, it's, there's almost like, you know, I'm going to sound like such a homer right now, but, you know, it seems like ever since LeBron came out West, players are like, okay, let's head out East. So it seems like the East is starting to get some talent, but the West is still, you know, I think the powerhouse uh, in the NBA and I don't see them making the playoffs quite yet, but you know, they, they've got some upside and, you know, if they could stay healthy and win a few more games here and there, they they have a shot. Yeah. uh, The other thing is, uh, because of the Andrew Wiggins trade, uh, they don't have their pick next year unless it falls into the top three. So uh, sort of adding Anthony Edwards probably condemns you to not be in the bottom three. And uh, you're probably giving your pick to the Golden State Warriors next year. So uh, I don't know what kind of grade I give Minnesota. Uh, I, they got a highly talented player. We'll see if they can make a team out of themselves. Uh, I did like the Balermo selection. Um but uh, I don't know, you know, Rubio, Russell, I don't really know where Bolamo, you know, sort of sits, uh, you know, with that team. Yeah, I think they had a good draft. Not a great draft, but a good draft. All right, uh, we'll move on to the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, Kieran Lewis Jr. Uh, out of Alabama. Real uh, fast, uh, aggressive point guard. Um I like the way he plays. Uh, he probably fits in uh, New Orleans pretty good. Uh, we didn't touch on him a ton because he's sort of just he is what he is. Uh, what'd you make of this pick here? I think he's solid, man. I think you know he's uh, he's he's a playmaker, man. He can he can score. Um, you know he's an offensive weapon. Um, I'm still trying to figure out how he's going to fit with Alonzo Ball, but um, 
overall, I think that was a good pick. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, I'll be curious to see how he's integrated. I'll be curious to see, uh, you know, they opened up that spot uh, for with uh, Holiday. So, you know, I guess uh, you could play him and Ball together because he's more of a shooter uh, than a creator. Um, I don't know really what you're getting from Ball. He looks so bad in the bubble. Uh, he, he might no longer be a viable option, but uh, he did look pretty good for the first half of last season. So uh, just an interesting roster with a sort of mix of talent there. Quick question. So we know now that Hampton was uh, drafted at 24. Yes. Um, if you knew that he was going to be there at 24, do you still make that trade? Like I, we think said, you get a, I think you get a more solid player in Lewis Jr., like someone I know will be able to score points in this league. Yeah, um, but I mean, I, I I still, you know, I for right now, I like Lewis better than I do Hampton. But I still think that Hampton probably has a little bit more upside. Yeah. Um, I think the Pelicans want to win now. So if you're in win now sort of mode, uh, I think you probably don't put Hampton in that situation. But uh, I think you're right. That's a great point you made. Uh, you know, if Hampton's available there at 24 and you know it, you don't have to sort of give up anything to move up to get Kieran Lewis Jr. But uh I, I guess I'd probably still move up and take Kieran, but uh, I'm more of a, I like you right now than what I can see from you in five years. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I just wanted to kind of get a feel for where you stood. You know, it's definitely, you don't know what the future holds. So yeah, it probably give me something that's good now. All right, we'll move on to the New York Knicks. Uh, I thought they took a great player at Obi Toppin. Um uh, the only thing I'm a little concerned with is Julius Randle is uh, sort of sitting there. Uh, I'm not sure what you do with that, but uh, maybe you can get rid of Randle, though he makes quite a bit of money, and I don't know if anybody wants to deal with that. But uh, I like Obi Toppin. I like the pick. It's just sort of the Knicks have a lot of sort of power forward tweener types, and uh, I don't know if he fits or how much he's going to play. Yeah, we both like him. We talked about him a little bit during our um, pre-draft shows. Uh, I, I think he's a solid player, but I just don't know about the fit. Um, I think that the Knicks drafting him is is okay, but I think that they probably could have done a lot better by drafting more towards some needs. Yeah, uh, that's a, only unless they're going to get rid of Randall, and then, you know, maybe. But, like, if you told me right now, Julius Randle, he's always going to play over Obi Toppin. He's a better player than Obi Toppin right now. So, I mean, I don't really see how that works. I guess maybe you could play them both together, but uh, that uh, paint will be very wide open because uh, I don't think any of those two have guarded anybody in about 10 years. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see exactly how this pans out. Um, I, I don't know how you'd even shop Randle, to be honest with you, but... I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good pick, but uh weird fit, I think, would be the overall. Uh, Emmanuel, quickly, uh, good shooter. Uh, I struggle seeing him as an NBA player. I thought it was a little bit of a reach at 25. But uh, if he can tighten up his game a little bit, I, I guess uh, scoring-wise he could stay in this league because uh, when he gets hot, he gets hot uh, and gets going. Yeah, I had him as a second-round prospect. Uh I think 
like you said, he's got he's got some upsides, but I overall I think he was a bit of a reach. Yeah. All right. We'll move on to the Oklahoma City Thunder, who have about uh, twenty picks uh, coming up in the next <laughs> uh, about eight years. But uh, they really went uh, with projects here. Uh, every one of these guys uh, has a lot of upside, whole lot of upside, but uh, none of them are really, I'd say ready to play right now. Uh, they took the, the Serbian uh, 7-1, 190-pound guy in uh, Alexis Pogosevsky. Uh They took the French guy, Theo Madlin, uh, who played on Tony Parker's French team. Uh, and uh, he's a young, uh, pretty athletic uh, point guard, and he has some upside. And actually, the one I thought was the best, uh, he's definitely a stash guy, and he won't be ready over here right away. But uh, Vich Krucek, uh, the Czech uh, Republica point guard. Uh, I really think he could come over here in a couple years and uh, make some noise. But uh, I guess you take three of these guys and uh, hope one hits and hope one sort of becomes an okay NBA player here. Yeah, I think that uh, that uh, Alexich pick is more um, of a de- you know I w- I don't want to say a de- uh, developmental pick, but. I think the fact that they just uh, picked up a Horford, even though he's not, <laughs> you know, the Horford that we remember. Um, I think that, you know, he's a good mentor for him and probably helps him out uh, in developing his skill. Um, overall, I think they had a, a okay draft. I think they did okay. Uh, I think they could have done a little bit better, but, you know, can't really fault them for what they did. Yeah, uh, I mean, in five years, we could look at this draft and be like, wow, they got three, you know, high-level NBA players. Or in five years, we can be like, what the hell were they doing? Why is nobody from this draft class on their NBA roster? So, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, I don't think it's a bad thing. Like I said, the Thunder have NBA draft picks uh, coming out of their butthole right now. So, uh, you know, and uh, they aren't looking to really win this year. So, you know. Take some guys, see if they uh, turn out to be superstars, uh, especially since they didn't have a real high pick, 17-34-37. Yeah, I, um, I agree with you. All right, uh, we'll move on to the Orlando Magic. Cole Anthony, uh, I'm sort of hot and cold on him. I guess his fit is all right here. They've been looking for a point guard for a while. Uh, I He'll probably play right away. Uh, what'd you make of this pick here? Uh, I'm sort of in between. Fits a need, but uh, I'm not sure Cole's really a true point guard. I mean, there you know, there's some things I like. Obviously, he he dealt with a lot of injuries, and I think that's one of the reasons why he's down this low. But you know, prior to his injuries, I think he he looked like a solid prospect. Um, the question is, can he stay healthy long enough to get back to what he to what he was at one point? And if he does, then I think this is a solid pick. Yeah. I'll be interested to see uh, how he works out. And uh, I think he's ready to play in the NBA right now, or at least, you know, get uh, minutes. And uh, if you were looking for sort of a long shot rookie of the year type, uh, I think Cole would be a decent one to throw down on because the Magic probably will give him minutes and he's capable of scoring points. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't be a bad long shot uh, take there, especially with some of the uh, guys up top who – you know, minutes and uh, efficiency-wise, I don't know how good they'll be. Yeah, let's just hope that he doesn't turn out to be one of those uh, magic type of guards uh, during the draft. They don't have a really good history <laughs> when it comes to that. Yes, I agree. All right, we'll move to my other uh, really big winners of this draft, the Philadelphia 76ers. 
not just because of their draft. Uh, somehow Daryl Morey came in there, was able to get off Josh Richardson's money, was able to get off Al Hor- Horford's money, and then take a handful of guys in the draft to sort of fit uh, this, uh, you know, mismatch of uh, Embiid and Simmons' roster. So uh, one hell of a job by Daryl Morey, essentially in two weeks of being there. But uh, Tyrese Maxey, Isaiah Joe, and Paul Reed, I I all liked them. Uh, Joe and Reed, I thought, were uh, first-round talents. And uh, Maxey's that sort of tweener guard, I think, fits uh, perfectly uh, uh, with the uh, Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons. Ben Simmons. (laughs) (laughs) You're going analyst there on me. What's going on? Uh, Ben Simmons uh, uh, on this roster. So I loved what Philly did this week. He's a hell of a writer. Yes, he is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah, I agree with you. I think that they had a really good draft, uh, not just in their draft, but the moves that they made during the draft. Uh, they brought in a, you know, solid defender with uh, Danny Green. They brought in a good shooter with Curry. Um, and their draft overall was pretty solid. Uh, I think that they probably had one of the better draft day uh, movements um, in the NBA. And um, I had them as one of my likes. Yeah, so did I. Okay, we'll move on to Phoenix here. Uh, I thought they reached for Jalen Smith, but uh, I guess he fits what they do. Uh, Pick and pop guy can sort of um, space the floor for DeAndre Eaton, but uh, I thought there were better bigs. Uh, if they wanted to go center wise, but uh, if he fits, I guess it works out. But uh, I was not in love with the pick, especially at ten for uh, Jalen Smith. I, why not trade back? I think you could have gotten him at between seventeen and twenty uh, pretty easily here. Yeah, I thought that after they picked up uh, Chris Paul, that they would probably go more for a guard that they could probably develop. Um, but like you said, Jalen Smith fits what they do. Uh, I still think it was a bit of a reach. Uh, if you're gonna, if that's the guy you were, you know, focused on taking, I think you probably could have, you know, traded down a little bit and got a little bit more value out of that uh, ten spot. But you know, I, we'll see what happens. I just think they could have done better. Yeah, uh, I definitely do. Uh, moving on to the Portland Trailblazers, they took CJLB, uh, pick and pop guy. Might be all right, but uh, I don't even know if he makes uh, this team's roster. But uh, I guess uh, if he decent and uh, I guess they aren't going to have Summer League. I was going to say Summer League, but uh, the season starts in three weeks, so there'll be no Summer League. Uh, (laughs) I mean, that could be the shortest Summer League ever. (laughs) I guess if he's okay in training camp, um, he might stick with the roster, see what they have, but uh, I don't know if he'll uh, make a big impact this year. Yeah, you know that's another thing that we that I did, I didn't really take into consideration until you just mentioned it is that we don't really have a summer league this season. Yeah, and it just dawned on me. I was like, I'll be curious to see what he's like in summer league, and then I'm like, oh wait, the season starts in three weeks. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be a little. I don't know, man. I mean, a lot of these guys are gonna kind of be thrown into the fire and it's going to be interesting to see which of these guys are kind of ready to go, which ones aren't uh, because if you don't make the cut, you're probably not making the team next year. You're probably going to end up in the D league. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll move off uh, Portland and go to Sacramento. They got good players. Um, they just have a lot of guards right now and they added a lot of guards. So, uh, I don't know if they had much choice once Halliburton fell to 12 uh, at that value of talent. 
I think you sort of have to add him. And uh, I think he'll play well with De'Aaron Fox. But uh, you also have Buddy Heald there. Uh, now they still have Bogdanovich uh, for the time being. I assume if he gets a deal, they'll match it. So uh, taking Halliburton, Woodward, and Ramsey. That's a lot of guards <laughs> and a lot of people who like to shoot other than Halliburton. So uh, what do you make of the draft? I, I like the players. I just uh, interesting strategy here. Yeah, I mean, they got a lot of talent. Uh, the question mark is, can you play all that talent? Um, I think that Halliburton was probably a good pick for them because him sitting there at 12, I had him as a top 10 prospect. Uh, so for him to be there at 12, I think that, you know, you had to kind of jump on it. Um, but like you said, man, they, they, they have a lot of guards. I don't know how they're going to uh, manage those minutes there, but this Overall, could be they, more interesting than the Nets situation and how they work out <laughs> Irving, Durant, and Harden, whose somehow usage rate adds up to about 120%, and I'm not sure that's quite possible in an NBA game. Yeah, <laughs> overall, talent-wise, they had a good draft. Uh, you know, player management-wise, I don't know. Yeah, uh, okay, so uh, we'll move off the Kings and we'll move to the San Antonio Spurs, and uh thought they got a good one. Vassal fell to 11. Uh, uh, like uh, we said about uh, Presage Achinua going to Miami and being the per- perfect team player, Vassal sort of fits everything the Spurs are about, and he's a perfect Spur player. And uh, Trey Jones, uh, I think, can come off the bench and be a sort of defensive energy guard. Uh, I don't know if he'll ever be a starter, but he can sort of fill a Patty Mills-type role for them. So uh, two good picks, I thought, for, for the Spurs here. Yeah, yeah. Uh... I agree with you. I Vassal to me was uh, another guy who I had in my top 10. Um, definitely a lot of upside for the future. The uh, Trey Jones, I, I did. I wasn't too familiar with. Uh, I had to go back and look at some of the uh, tape on him, but overall, I think they had a really good draft. I think that they filled some needs and they got some players that um, in the future, long-term are definitely going to help them win some games. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll move to the Toronto Raptors. Uh, they took my guy Malachi Flynn. Um, I insurance maybe if uh, Fred Van Fleet doesn't come in. Uh, you know Lowry's getting older. I thought it was a pretty decent pick there, especially at twenty nine. And then uh, Jalen Harris, uh, developmental guy. Maybe he can stick uh, with the Raptors, but uh, I'm not curious if I'm curious if he sticks around very long. Uh, but uh, a solid player. But uh, I thought uh, for you know twenty nine and fifty nine they. Did all right and uh, filled a couple needs, uh, especially where they were drafting slot wise. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that uh, mostly for them, just adding some death uh, really helps out um, where they were drafting. I think that this was probably as good as they could have gotten. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll move on to the Utah Jazz. Um, this is one I didn't quite understand. They took uh, Yudoka Azabuki, uh, the Kansas center, who I like and enjoy, uh, but. Uh, I don't know what role he fits on this team unless they're going to dump Gobert. But uh, basically, he comes in, plays five to ten minutes a game, and eats up space. But uh, just uh, thought it was a bit of a reach, especially in the first round where some other more you know, athletic or pick-and-pop bigs were sitting uh, there. Uh, what did you make of this pick? Yeah, I agree with you. I think that he is a big guy who kind of fits a, a more old-school type of mold team. Um, 
you know, I think that they probably could have gone with someone who could stretch the floor a little bit more, but I mean, he's a solid guy. He's a, he's a big heavy dude. You know, he's going to kind of get in your face and, you know, he's going to grind down in the post. So uh, solid, but you know, not great. Well, the only thing I could think uh, really uh, Gobert's free agency is coming up next year. So maybe if they don't want to sign him to like a max, this is a, a, you know, this is a way to, you know, sort of replace him. I You don't replace, replace him, but he's a solid defensive center who can, you know, eat up space, is decent on, you know, pick and roll defense and can block shots. So essentially you get like a poor man's version of Rudy Gobert and uh, you sort of have that protection there if you don't bring Rudy back next year. Although I think he probably has the ability to be a little more physical than Rudy. Uh, but yeah, that you make a great point. I think that's probably uh, their train of thought there. All right. We'll move on to the Washington Wizards, who I thought had a great draft as well. So uh, Detroit Pistons, Washington Wizards on my uh, good draft list. Uh, (laughs) I don't know how often I can say that, but uh, I'm going to say it in this one uh, to get Denny uh, at nine. I really thought that uh, I think he could come over here and be a really productive player. And, uh, you know, Wall, Bill, Denny, and... uh, you know, Rui Hanchamora and uh, Thomas Bryant all, you know, as your essential starting five, uh, that's a fringe playoff team, I think, uh, in the Eastern Conference. So I uh, really liked that pick uh, there. Yeah, um, you know, we talked about it. Uh, we talked about Danny a little bit. You know, he's the guy who brings in uh, some international experience. You know, he's uh, He's a pretty young guy. He's a versatile wing. You know, he uh, he can play anything from the two guard to even to the four spot. Uh, so you've got that potential there. Um, he's got a really high basketball IQ, so that's always going to help them out. Um, you know, my my thing is with him is, uh, you know, he's he's not very long. Uh, his wingspan is not very long. So, you know, you're not going to get like the best of defenders there. Um, you know, he's a little streaky when it comes to shooting, but, you know, you can develop that. Um, he, he has the ability to create his own shot, which is also a good thing, you know, uh, especially at his position. I think that at nine, he was a really solid pickup. Um, I, I had him going a little bit earlier and I'm surprised that he didn't go a little bit earlier to some of their teams where I thought he was a good fit. Yeah. I think he fits uh, well with this Washington team. Like, uh, you know, he could sort of just create and uh, look, you don't have to do a lot with, uh, you know, Partake if Wall it comes back healthy off the Achilles injury, but Wall, Bill, uh, and Beal uh, sitting right there, you could sort of just fit in, uh, and then Rui uh, can sort of cover up your defensive liabilities. So uh, I like what the Wizards did, and I uh, think they might be a bit of a contender uh, this year in the East, uh, picking up maybe a seven, eight, possibly a six seed, uh, depending on uh, how the Pacers uh, look coming into the year. So uh, good draft for the Wiz. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I like the I like their draft. I think their draft was uh, was they I wouldn't say perfect, but they had a great draft. Yeah. All right. So that's our draft coverage, and uh, we'll maybe come back next week. Uh, the free agency period starts in about uh, thirty minutes from now. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the Achilles is uh, reading up on all the free agency news, and uh, might be back next week, ready to. Uh, drop some free agency knowledge and see how these teams mold themselves. Uh, you're pounding me into the ground, man. I'm having a hard time getting over this little cold just because you're working me. Yes, I know. All right. Uh, that's our show, and we're out.